Are you looking for more excitement than you can find on the comic book shelves? Then head over to HoundComics.com. At Hound Comics, you can choose from comic titles like Average Joe, The Revival, and Brimstone in the Border Hounds. Featuring and created by celebrity founder and CEO, Brimstone. And don't forget to head over to the official Hound store where you can buy comics for adults and kids alike. Also at the Hound store, you can get barbecue sauce with titles like Awesome Sauce and Cherry Bomb. And seasonings like Your Bacon Me Crazy and Dust from Hell. So if you're looking for some comics that are finger looking good, head over to HoundComics.com. You're listening to the Canned Air Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. Jack Doherty. I'm Jeff Holcomb. And joining us today, we have creator, writer, and artist of Waumakua, Guardians of Hawaii, Christopher Caravola. Did I say that right? Aloha. You got it right, sir. Awesome. <laughs> All the way over in Hawaii. Man, I, I really yeah. kind of want to punch you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you hate to say it's a bad day here. It's never really a bad day when you can go to the beach and just check out the girls, right? Ah, he's living in paradise. He's living in yep. paradise. And here we are in Ohio. It has its moments, I suppose, right? But uh, for the most part, we've been getting rain. Rain, rain, and more rain. Mm-hmm. At least there's water, I guess. <laughs> it's true. Could be like California. Just need to grow some bikinis and you guys are set, right? Yeah, not a lot of that around here. Yeah. <laughs> not so much. Not so much. No, no, not so much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a few things we're going to touch on quick. Uh, Ant-Man opened this past weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, looks like there might be a Superman game in the works. Uh, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to Christopher and talk about Almakua, Guardians of Hawaii. But before we do that, let's just uh, talk about these stories here quick. So past weekend, Ant-Man. Jack, I think you're the only one at this table that's seen it. I don't know if Christopher's seen it or not. Did you see it, Chris? Seen it. What would you think of it? I loved it. Same here. Mm-hmm. It exceeded, I don't even know if it exceeded my expectations. I just hoped it was going to be good, and it was good. It was? Yep. I'm trying to th- see what I can get out of you guys without uh, getting spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Any Anything you can give us without spoiling? Uh, well, uh, it's all over the internet, but they reference it. Well, they don't know, nobody really knows if it is Spider-Man, but they reference someone that sounds like Spider-Man. Yeah, there were some um, little little Easter eggs in that, little drops of hints. But um, And, oh, if you are planning to see it, my mistake is um, there was that second Easter egg at the very end. I, I totally left the theater. Um, please sit through all the way through so you get the taste of, of both scenes. So the, the second scene wasn't so much a part of the movie because from what I've heard, it it's a scene that's going to be in Civil War. So Really? Yeah. yeah. I guess it's I guess the segue to it. I suppose are part of it somehow. So, yeah, um, I wanted to at least catch that, but found that out later. Yeah, there's a bunch but, of people leaving. I was like, ha ha, <laughs> yeah. Well, as a whole, though, I mean, I mean, like, I guess Marvel's pretty much got the formula of making you know a character not so known, just just bringing it to um, you know life and presentable in which uh, in such a way that people like and identify with the character so right. uh, they got a good recipe going on it's hard to match them uh, DC will have uh, trouble with that with uh, Suicide Squad and um, the upcoming Batman versus Superman oh yeah and Ant-Man was a, a heist movie heist movie yeah, really? right. you know, like, uh, yeah. Captain America 2 was like the, the spy movie mm-hmm. yeah, oh. this one was about it's kind of like the, the Ocean's Eleven type thing where they're going to oh. get the big score See, that now you correct, got my attention. Right? Yeah. That sounds awesome. Cool. <laughs> and Paul Rudd was awesome. He wasn't the normal Paul Rudd that he's been in the other movies where he's kind of like the uh, the underdog love guy, kind of, if you know what I mean. Like a rough exterior, teddy bear on the inside kind of a person? Just Yeah, kind of. Just like the misunderstood teddy bear guy that in the end gets the girl, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. He was... It's like, why is that guy such a, a little hard bit ass? more rougher? I don't know. He was it, it wasn't a regular Paul Rudd. He was pretty he was really good in it. Wasn't there like a, a family guy yeah. uh, uh, 
scene somewhere was like, Man, that guy's such a hard ass. Like, well, that hard ass spends his weekend reading to sick children and <laughs> <laughs> handing, handing out uh, food at the homeless shelter. You know, that yeah. kind of person. That's but funny. yeah, it was an awesome movie. I yeah, I wish I could maybe highlight a little bit more of that. But uh, yeah, I'd like overall, it was just it had all the, all the good um, good mix of flavor of you know you know the action, the the humor, um, the co actor who played alongside Paul Rudd. I'm not too sure of his name. Michael Pena, uh, the Mexican yeah, dude. Yeah, really, really fun. Yeah, really that guy fun. was hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> man, I want to see it. Well, in the montages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, without revealing too much, it's definitely worth worth seeing. I, I guess, you know, um, friends in the past who I've, I've spoke to weren't really feeling confident about Marvel movies in general, especially like, you know, this is before like Thor came out. They said, how can you make something like that? Uh, it just comes down to good writing. I think it's just uh, if you can, you know, just have a good I don't know how they do it. I think if they get a good writer rather than the studio making decision like this is what we want. And, you know. Yeah kind of live writers kind of follow suit to what the studio wants i think right. that's where the problems lie absolutely mm-hmm. so is civil mm-hmm. war the next play out is that the next movie to come out in the line of marvel i think yeah i believe it is oh, there's like eight, <laughs> eight movies coming out next year so holy cow along with dc and marvel so yeah they're gonna just have to start opening marvel theaters you know <laughs> dedicated only to the marvel catalog think of the money that'd bring in Hey, we were right. just uh, watching on YouTube a little bit ago, right before the show started, uh, Grant Morris, the old SNL cast member. From, what was that, like in the late 70s, early 80s? Yeah. <clears throat> His appearance, and he was in Ant-Man, made a small cameo, correct? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize it until after I read an article that, yeah, he there's a little Easter egg cameo that he was in it. Right. In the cab, and then he was in that skit from back in Saturday Night Live playing Ant-Man. Right. It was, it was like a skit where uh, Superman and Lois Lane... Or having a uh, like a super all their superhero friends over for just like a party, and uh, one by one, uh, Dan Aykroyd shows up as the, the Flash. Flash. John Belushi <laughs> is the Incredible Hulk. Uh, right, S- Spider Man, the Invisible Woman, the whole whole line of the thing coming. come walking in. Oh yeah, yeah. the thing. <laughs> <laughs> he was all foamy, uh, and that foamy uh, outfit still looked better than the '94 thing. I yeah, think. it did. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, when uh, Grant Morris came in as, uh, or excuse me, Garrett Morris came in as Ant-Man, they just started kind of poking fun. What is what is it you do now? He's got the power of a regular guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, every particle's shaking in my body. <laughs> Superman had that blue dye in his hair, just like yeah. in the comics. <laughs> he takes off quick, and Clark Kent shows up at the door. Oh, yeah, yeah is uh, Superman here? <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> Those, those old SNLs are priceless. Yeah, they are. Everything is too... Uh, all the skits now, it seems, are so driven by what's happening in the news. Everything's somehow, mm-hmm. for the most part, related to what's going on in the news, where these were just simple ideas, simple skits, just to have fun. I think it worked better. Everyone's face when Hulk comes out of the bathroom. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> What'd you expect? It to smell like roses? <laughs> Anywho. Good stuff. All right, moving along. Uh, it seems Harry Shearer is actually going to be with The Simpsons moving Ooh. forward for at least the next two seasons, it looks like. He signed the same contract that everyone else did where they'll be getting an estimated $300,000. That's it? Per episode. Wow. Oh, my, oh my Lord. <laughs> I don't know if I want to stay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hum. Was, I heard it was, the re- even, it was the the same contract that they had originally given him yeah. that he turned down. And then he was just like, well, all right, I'll go ahead. Maybe I didn't have any work show up or something like that. It just was a uh, pretty please with sugar on top from Fox Studios, apparently. Yeah. But, yeah, it's better than having different sounding characters in yeah. there. Welcome back, stupid Flanders. <laughs> Oh, man. It's funny because over the years with The Simpsons, especially in these uh, last few, I don't know, last five to ten years, you can like, who was it that did Edna Krabappel that we just died? uh, Oh, shoot. That sounds horrible. I can't remember that. But uh, as she got older, you could hear Edna Krabappel's voice kind of get older. And I'm still hearing that with uh, Principal Skinner, if he's even still the same person. But uh, I think he is. Is that Hayter Shearer? Is it? Yeah, I think so. It could be. He does a lot of them. Yeah. Thank God we have him back. So I guess my chances of uh, being the new Mr. Burns are kind of down the tubes. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, well. <laughs> they should have made that an episode where Flanders leaves. There was an episode where, uh, I think it was like the Itchy and Scratchy, some Itchy and Scratchy themed episode where, maybe it was the Poochie one, where they were talking about uh, the actors get new people to do the voices. That way they don't have oh, to yeah. pay them as much money to do it. <laughs> then Flanders, Flanders walks was... by and is like, and they'll never tell the diddly difference. Yeah. And it's a totally <laughs> different voice. It was pretty funny. What I was just... that? A couple weeks ago when you watched that Bart Kira what was that? There's that one uh, scene with Flanders was like killing somebody or something like that. It was real weird. Oh, uh, in that that trailer? Yeah, he was getting shot at. Oh, that's what he's getting shot or something. Yeah, by McBain and all them. I've never seen that one. That one was kind of creepy looking. That was not. Was that an actual episode? No, no, that, oh, was, really? that was that yeah, was they something. Created it. Yeah, somebody like animated The Simpsons over the Akira trailer. Oh, because I was yeah. like, man, that animation's so smooth <laughs> compared to regular. It was Simpsons. good. I mean, it's not perfect, but but it was pretty darn close. But yeah, that was a that was a crazy video. We're talking about uh, what was it? Just a fan on the internet. Yeah, it was uh, called Bart Kira. Bart Kira. People were just talking about it all over the place, and I was like, I'll watch it, and it was. They did a pretty good job, actually. Just the essentially the, the Akira trailer with the Simpsons characters put in yeah, all the place footage. of the other characters. Yeah, it looked pretty funny. But anyway, <laughs> Harry Shearer staying with the Simpsons. Oh, what we got next? Jack, Peter Pan. Yeah, there's a, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's a new Peter Pan movie coming out. I think it's called Pan. With Hugh Jackman? Yeah, Hugh Jackman. He's not, I thought it was supposed to be Captain Hook, but he's Blackbeard the pirate. What? Yeah. What? Really? Yeah, I don't know if Blackbeard turns into Hook after he loses his hand. And I, I'm not sure how that works, but mm. this movie is like the origin of Peter Pan. And when he actually goes to Neverland and really beats up the pirates and then goes to the Lost Boys and stuff like that. But with that movie, I found a list of stuff that you probably never knew from the old movie Hook. That was a great movie. Man. I, I watched it the other week. Did you really? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what wasn't it? Uh, Dustin Hoffman played uh, a yeah, book in that Captain one. Hulk. He was awesome in that God, movie. He was so good. What are you talking about, Smee? <laughs> Stop me, Smee. It turns Stop out David me. Bowie was supposed to play the role of Captain Hook, or he turned down the role. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Good. Can't, yeah. <laughs> that would have been weird. Worked out all of us. David Bowie was <laughs> is only the Goblin King from Labyrinth. I see. Yeah. Now you're all gonna hate me. <gasps> oh. Yeah, so many people do when I say this. I did not like Labyrinth. I could oh. not sit through it. All right, unless you watched it. <laughs> Noodle mad. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Uh, Labyrinth fan? Labyrinth, yeah. I, I was more like a never-ending story. Uh, that era of Gremlins, that kind of was my thing. Labyrinth would have probably fell right above or below Dark Crystal. I think that that's where it would have fallen. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dark Crystal, I haven't seen that forever. I love that movie. I don't think I've, I've ever seen, seen that, that so many times. What was the one right. with Tom Cruise and uh, Tim Curry? Legend. Legend. God, I don't know why I forgot. I was like, I was trying to think, and I was like, no, he that's played a devil. Weird, that's another weird one. I watched that a bunch of times when I was real little. I don't even remember a lot. I've never even heard of that. What the hell is that? This is Tom Cruise's first movie. Your parents let you watch that, huh? <laughs> they never knew. What was it about? <laughs> Fairies. Yeah, it was really... And a big devil-looking Tim Curry. Oh, that was not much makeup needed for that. I mean, he's pretty sinister looking without any makeup. Yeah, these huge... Huge horns. Huge horns, yeah. Very horny guy is out there. Yeah, I don't was... remember a lot much more from that movie, really. <laughs> that would make sense. If I, if I died and went to hell and was standing there waiting to you know be confronted by Satan and he came out looking like... Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. I was floored when I found out that he was that that was Tim Curry. Wasn't it? Wasn't that crazy? I, yeah. I, I would have never thought that would be him. Okay. No, yeah. right? <laughs> I think I I saw something in the way Tim Curry's mouth moved, the way he enunciates. And then that's what did I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, it's hard to get around like, that yeah. mouth of his, yeah. <laughs> but there's something about he sent some goblins out to kill the last unicorn or something like that, or to kill a unicorn that cut it. off the unicorn's head and all evil started taking over the place and then young Tom Cruise is the hero, and of he course. gets a sword and some armor and goes and fights him. That's pretty much the gist of it. Mm. And Tom Cruise inevitably wins? Of course. He had long hair, too. Long, luxurious hair? Really? <laughs> Did he comb it during the movie at all? No, it was in his face, too, I think. He'd brush it. Like Fairy dust all over the place. <laughs> you know, I kind of like that era, because, like, didn't Willow come out a little bit later after that, too? That was a little while later, I think. Was it? 
It was the same vibe, though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love, like, the very beginning of the movie makes you laugh. Just the part where he's like, follow the bird. It'll lead you the right path. And it, he's like, it's heading towards the village. Ignore the bird. <laughs> <laughs> Another one I haven't seen. Maybe bits oh. and pieces, but I don't know what it is about that grouping of movies right there. I'm not interested. <laughs> oh. What happened in your childhood at that time, man? It must have been something traumatic. <laughs> Boy, what was happening? The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were happening. That's, I mean, that, that consumed That's my later. life. That and Ghostbusters. Well, the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Back yeah. to the Future. Oh yeah, all that it's stuff. Not a big, not a big fantasy oh. kid, I guess. Mm, I enjoy fantasy. It's okay, but it's definitely not my... uh... You had to have watched Mom and Dad Save the World, right? No. Never even heard of it. I've never seen that either. You've never seen it? Chris, tell me you've seen that movie. Uh, You know, you stumped me on that one, dude. Oh, no. (laughs) That has the funniest (laughs) joke in it. Because the people of this one planet are so stupid that there was a grenade that will vaporize you if you pick it up. And you know what's written on it? It says, pick me up. So people, they put it in a sleeping bag, and they they reveal the sleeping bag, and they see the grenade, and they're like, "Oh my God, the person's turned into this egg." He's like, "Oh wait, no, it's one of those grenades." Where he picks up, look, and then he disappears, and then like the next guy comes up, he's like, "Oh, what happened?" To, oh wait, what's this? Pick me up, picks it up, and he disappears. And like later on in the movie, like they come back. I totally forgot about this. And there's a whole group of army guys going towards this thing one at a time. And then, like, you see a guy on the phone, he's like, we're going to need more people. (laughs) How did this movie get under my radar? (laughs) Wow. It's got, oh, man, who was he? John Lovitz, I think it was. He was a critic. (laughs) (laughs) So it was funny. Yeah, he played the villain. It was freaking hilarious. And I'm trying to remember who the parents were. John Lovitz. Uh, He was kind of like... uh, Megamind, he was the bad guy, was he the the villain, but he was like a a stupid villain? Yeah, he was like the smartest person on that planet? (laughs) Question mark? I vaguely, I I remember that movie, I don't think I've ever saw it though. Oh, I gotta find a way to get this to you guys, so you guys, even you Chris. (laughs) I'm gonna spread the word now. It's a a new mission. I'm gonna head over to to Hawaii and just uh, chill on the beach, watch (laughs) the girls and forget what I was doing and... (laughs) Yeah. You would instantly forget what you were doing. <laughs> Why did I come here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris's everyday life sounds way better than that movie. <laughs> All right. Back to hook trivia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Tom Hanks was considered for Peter Pan. Really? What? Mm. Like, you see Pan yelling all the time. At that era... No, I mean, I mean, Robin Williams was big was amazing. Era, so, well, yeah. after big, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably Pe- wouldn't have worked. Peter Pan's yeah. kids were named Jack and Maggie. And those names are English translations of Hansel and Gretel. Really? So you know what that means? I would have had a spinoff. My name's actually Hansel. Hansel. <laughs> Hansel. Was <laughs> that Bugs Bunny? Yeah. <laughs> Hansel. Hansel. <laughs> I how he's like contemplating as he's walking away like Hansel. You know, it's funny you mentioned the kids' names. I mean, the whole, uh, going back to the origin of Peter Pan, the name uh, Wendy, mm-hmm. just in general, used today. I mean, so many people out there named Wendy. The name Wendy first came from Peter Pan. Hamburgers. From what? Hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong Wendy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the little redhead girl? Hook was also Gwyneth Paltrow's oh, film, first film. She was Wendy in that movie. Really? Young, yeah. Surprised the heck out of me. Wow, I didn't, I don't, I don't remember that. And Julie Roberts was given the nickname Tinker Hell on set because she was terribly difficult to work with, I guess. I can Ugh. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Anymore, Julia Roberts is like a big, not that she's been in a whole lot, but if she has in anything, no matter what it is, it's such a turnoff because she's one of those stars that's hit such uh, fame that no matter what role she's playing, when you see her on screen, it's, it's Julia, it's Julia yeah. Roberts. You don't, you and can't. then Julia Roberts did this. And then yeah. Julia Roberts. Now, the same could almost Ugh. be said about Tom Cruise. Now, mind you, I, I don't like... Tom Cruise as a person per se, but he's a hell of an actor. 
he I can really separate him from his characters when I watch his movies. Yeah, he's not always the same character. No, yes. no. And it always goes back to The Last Samurai with me. I love... That's my favorite Tom Cruise movie. It was amazing. <laughs> never Bob. seen that one. Bob was the best in that movie. you never seen Last Samurai? Mm-hmm. You have to watch that movie. It he was my phenomenal. favorite in Tropic Thunder. Never seen that. Oh, my God. I did <laughs> not know that was him. <laughs> it's like halfway through the movie I realized it was him. Some actors are just... They blow me away on how good they do it. Mm-hmm. And then you don't realize until the very end, like, um, oh, what the heck's his name? He played the villain in The Fifth Element. And oh, then, uh, he's whatever, Commissioner Gordon in the Dark Knight movies. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I didn't see oh, it at really? first. Mm-hmm. And then it blew me away. I was like, oh, crap, it's him again. And I can't think of his name, but it's every movie the, he's in. It's really good. He's, yeah, My he, favorite one he did was The Professional. That was his best performance, I think, yeah. when he played the bad cop. That was awesome. I don't think I've ever heard of him in that. That was with a, is that with what, a French dude, Natalie Portman? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Leon, yeah. Leon the Yeah, I don't, I that was a good don't movie. remember him in that movie, but yeah. Whatever he's in, he's totally different. You can never tell him the part of the time. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> he's amazing. What else we got hook-wise? Oh, that was it. That was the last of it. That was it? Yeah. You're, you're making me want to watch that movie again. <laughs> uh, just putting that list together uh, made me want to watch it again. There was a Peter Pan movie, a live-action movie that came out not too long ago. It was last year. Uh, the live Peter Pan live that was a that that girl. Oh no, you're thinking like the like the redo of the Mary Martin yeah, uh, stage yeah. play. No, and Christopher Walken. Oh yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> what? Yeah, that was last year. Was it a musical? Mm-hmm. Wow. Shmee, those dang kids, they <laughs> flying around the boat again. I don't want to have to tell them again about flying around the boat. <laughs> I hear the tick tock. The crocodile's coming, Smee. He grows near. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um. The, voice, the voice is pretty spot on. If you get the dance moves to go with that, then you're good. I, I need to watch it. I just remember his makeup being super intense yeah. uh, for that. But no, this uh, this goes back uh, maybe five years. I don't m- remember the children who were in the movie. But uh, it was just called Peter Pan. And it was really, really good. With the little blonde boy? Yes, and I can't think of the girl who played Wendy. She's been in other movies, but uh, and I can't even remember who played Captain Hook. But his hook wasn't, you know, like uh, Dustin Hoffman's polished, you know, perfect looking. It was a jagged metal, like it's kind of squared off. Kind yeah. Of. Okay, I, I think I know what you're talking. It was about. a really good movie, and I enjoyed watching that. And then, like a few nights later, watching Hook after. It was a uh, they complement each other very well. So maybe we'll get the same effect from this one. Maybe. It looked pretty good. I want to see it. I love the story of Peter Pan. You can't go wrong. Hugh Jackman is a pirate. He's a little big old long hair. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong with him either. No. Hook on one hand, three claws on the other. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving along. Uh, one other thing I have really quick here. It is rumored, and this is a big rumor, that WB Games Montreal, and these are the same developers who brought us uh, Batman Arkham Origins, are working on a Superman-themed game. Oh, just like the 64? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I had that game. I got that game for Christmas when it came oh. out. And, uh, boy, I was excited when I opened it and you put it in. The first thing you have to do in that game was learn how to fly. And fly through circles? Yeah. <laughs> Son of a... You'd slow down his arms, go to his side. Yeah, the, the controls were horrible, but I stuck to it, and I beat it. Not the game, that level. <laughs> I got to cup a few levels in, but uh, you actually started some actual gameplay, like infiltrating forces and stuff, and or fortresses, excuse me. And uh, it had a couple moments, but nothing great. Then I traded it in. Oh, it quicker than you can, uh, yeah, back when you got money for trade-ins, uh, yeah. you know. I remember uh, renting it and went to go put it in my system, it flies right out. And every time I put it back in, I think it was possessed because the game wouldn't sit into my system. It would just keep popping right out. Hmm. There was a possession going on there. I think I was joking. I'm sorry. Oh, I see. Like the haunted cartridge, like you <laughs> talked about. <laughs> my system didn't want to play it until it melted down. <laughs> What? Uh, it was a bad game, but oh. there was also the uh, Superman Returns game that came out for the awful movie. Uh, when was that? That was an Xbox 360 game, I think. I didn't mind that movie that much. Yeah, 
It was okay. I, I just hated that they were trying to play into the Christopher Reeve universe, yeah, right? Yeah, he had left, and then he decided to come back. I love when the guy had the Gatling gun just shooting him in the chest and then mm-hmm. shot him in the eyeball, and it just bounced, bounced off. off. Yeah. yeah. I think that was the highlight of the movie for me. It's the bad movie that you occasionally <laughs> pop in just to watch because you've watched the good ones too many times, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> but the video game uh, was a lot better than the 64 version because you got all of Metropolis to fly around. Now, it was very, uh, very basic uh, scale model. I mean, it wasn't like Grand Theft Auto kind of detail in Metropolis. It was just square buildings. You get down close, little square cars moving around that you could pick up and blow up. But uh, as far as controlling Superman, flying was a blast. I mean, I would turn the game on and just fly around. It was so much fun. You could go to normal speed. You could go, uh, like, at the speed of sound. It was like, pull the trigger and it'd go forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, my game that I played with myself was to get him down into the city and see how fast you can dodge around the buildings and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that part was a lot better than the actual uh, gameplay. But um, I'm excited about this because Arkham... What's the one that just came out? Arkham Knight. Knight. It's supposed to be the last of the, the Batman games, mm-hmm. correct? So maybe where they're leaving off with Batman, they're going to pick up and start making super ga- Superman games of the same caliber. Wouldn't that be incredible? Ooh. It only well, helps, though. The one bad part about Superman games is that you can die. Superman can't get hurt. That's well, one thing that always drove me nuts about it. You're almost out of life, but I'm Superman. Well, but, you know, in a game like that, you know, look at Batman's uh, games. In every game, he faces up against all of his arch enemies with the exception of one or two you know so with superman you have like metallo i mean he's got uh kryptonite in his chest right yeah, i mean yeah. he can he's always got an advantage uh brainiac there was concept art for brainiac Ooh. Uh, who else I brainiac mean, probably doomsday. Just a bunch of robots yeah doomsday. doomsday you know there's another good one i would but, love to see a uh, flash game oh, yeah. 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 darting between cars or they slow down time just so you can watch him rescue like just like bullet time stuff yeah, yeah. and then yeah. just zips right by you can make a two-dimensional flash game just the uh, same uh, game engine as sonic the hedgehog just running loops and stuff <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> well that dc universe online you could when you made your character you can make super speed and it was they did it pretty good because you could run straight up walls and stuff like that yeah, was, really that's why i chose was super speed same here i remember yeah <laughs> The reason this is such a big rumor is uh, the only thing we've seen, like I was saying, there's concept art of Brainiac and there's also concept art of Superman. Now, at the bottom of this concept art, it says Superman Unbound. Now, if you remember, not too long ago, there was an animated movie called Superman Unbound. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, speculators are wondering if this is just concept art from that. But I don't think so, because oh. this concept art I've seen is like 3D models. It wasn't a two-dimensional mm-hmm. animation like that movie turned out to be. So I'm really hoping that's the case. I'm hoping we get a. they've learned from... Not that there were any mistakes in the Batman games, but, you know... Coming into Arkham Knight, they've perfected their formula. Yeah. Maybe if they are, in fact, doing the Superman game, they can start with a bang. I'm sorry, Jeff, you look like you want to say something. No? No. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I was adjusting. <laughs> okay. All right, anything else, guys? Talk That's about? all there is for that stuff. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk about some comic books. Oh. Jeff, it looks like you have something on the table there. Jeff oh. has something to read. No. I'm, I get... I get. False. I look forward to uh, hearing what you say each week. I can't remember any. <laughs> but I'm, I'm even more curious now. I can. Do you mind starting? Yeah. All right. The comic I brought this time was Battle Chasers, and I swear up and down we talked to this guy at one point, or we talked about this comic somewhere, and I just don't remember who it was. The title of the book sounds familiar, but the name doesn't. It had to have been a, a guest a while back. Had to have. Had to have been. I mean, it's a really old comic. Um, oh, it's got it. the Mortal Kombat movie poster <laughs> on the back, if that tells you how old it is. There's a picture of, uh, uh, oh, what's his man. name? Batman Forever Batman in there. Yeah. Clooney Batman in there. Oh. <laughs> Or the when he was coming to, or Batman going to Cartoon Network. Was he Yabba oh, yeah, Yabba Dabba Doom? <laughs> really quick, you mentioned George Clooney's Batman. And before you go on, I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt, but I have to say this. I wanted to say this before. I heard somewhere the other day, everyone always jokes about how bad uh, Batman and Robin is. And it is a bad movie, indeed. Mm-hmm. But someone the other day, I don't remember who it was or where I heard it. Someone said, you have to look at it as a, uh, not so much as a continuation of like the Tim Burton films or the Joel Schumacher Batman Forever, but look at it as a modernized version of the 66 Batman. 
And when I thought about it like that, <laughs> it kind of almost because there some of the campiness in that movie is almost so intentional. It makes you think that he his only frame of reference was Batman sixty six. Almost there was a lot of the uh, tilted camera scenes with the villains. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I can see it totally. And all the the bright oh. lights, a lot of neon and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Lots of neon and black light paint too. Yes. <laughs> yes. So hearing that kind of made me. I don't want to say respect the movie. What's what I want to say? I had a bit more tolerance for it, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest. It's been killing me. (laughs) Jeff, continue. I'm sorry. Battle chasers. Oh, right. Right. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, I just, I could barely remember that movie and I don't want to remember it. But I guess I can go back and watch it. Don't bother. Um, (laughs) Battle chasers. Crazy thing is, is like I'm seeing three different types of publishers back then. Wildstorm being one of them. I remember they used to uh, have comic book line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cliffhanger had a comic book line, which I had a few comics from, and images on here. Back then, this was actually considered an indie comic. Um, the comic basis, you start off learning something deep into the storyline. More of like a, a twist of events are going on, and then you come to the reality that it's not happened yet. So as you progress through the story, you start slowly learning the characters like as you you do normally when you look at any comic book in the very beginning. Um, and you learn in this one, there's one main character whose name has not been given out yet. But I know that there is somebody out there watching over her. She's actually protected by, uh, I guess what I would call him as a golem right now because I don't know his full story yet. And they haven't revealed it. A lot of the characters that are coming out inside this comic, and again, this is just the first issue. I actually have all ten issues i don't know if it continues after that but it shows little bits here and there and they leave cliffhangers for every character but they throw them into the story just a tad bit i'm not going to go into full detail because like i said this is just the first issue and i feel like i want to read the second to tell you more about these characters um the way they end it was just crazy to me because you find out that the main character is running from something and you learn what that is and then you learn that this main character is actually carrying a box that her father had had owned Hmm. and inside this box again i won't spoil too much for you um it contains um i guess would it say a weapon or some use to this person and the, the person that she runs into that golem actually knew somebody that knew about what was in that box and that's where the cliffhanger leaves because you 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 see the person open the box, and then you just they just end it there. And I still haven't read the second issue. It's like a Pulp Fiction mm. with the yellow light. Mm. Okay. I mean, I, I love actually I love this artwork for some reason. Yeah, it it's looks good. really nice. It's kind of anime-ish. Yep. Uh, you you've ever, uh, have you read this one? Or yes, I have. Joe, that's oh. Joe Matt. What's his name? Mattery? I forget his last name, but yep. he was, he's a very, yep. he used to do a lot of X-Men uh, back in the day too. Uh, yeah. I, I loved him for yeah. that. But Battle Chasers, I think it was this, you know, first step out towards doing something that it, his own creation, I think. But yeah, the artwork coloring was just really intense. Yeah, the, the cover is what caught my eye originally when I was younger. But back then I was so broke trying to find a job that I couldn't afford it. So when I came across it actually at a flea market, oh, I haggled the guy for a dollar that issue. Is, that <laughs> is awesome. I love when you, uh, there's something, like in your childhood, there's something you wanted, but you never got. And then years later, just by a chance, you happen across it and then finally get to own it. Look behind me. That's all that's on the walls behind me here <laughs> are those items. It's so funny you said that because back when I was younger, I was like, I always wanted a Lady Death comic. And then when I finally got one, I was like, well, this is kind of boring. It's cool. <laughs> I, I love the art, but I was like, it's boring. Oh, man. But, I mean, there's a part of your soul that was, after all these years, satisfied that you had it. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Just like when I got my copy of Chrono Trigger again. <laughs> all right. Very cool. That's Battle Chasers. Yep. I'll all bring right. you guys the next ones. Very cool. I guess I'll go next really quick here. Um, what I'm talking about this week, I think we've mentioned this on the show before. Tristan Holt from our uh, friend in uh, Tokyo, Andres I Bergen. About the, the first the first issue that he gave us a while back. Yeah, some time ago. Yeah. Right. And this is uh, Andres Bergen. He's uh, the Australian guy who lives in... Japan. In Japan. Yeah. Tokyo. Uh, writer and uh, illustrator. I mean, this, this book is beautiful. I'll get into that a little bit later, though. 
But uh, one thing I wasn't aware about Tristan Holt, the book he's doing, is that it's a retelling of an like an old, maybe like Middle Ages story called uh, Tristan Isolute. Hmm. Isult? Isult? That sounds better. <laughs> I think that's right. How do you spell that? That's I-S-E-U-L-T. <laughs> Chris, maybe you can help us. <laughs> but uh, pretty much, it's a, it's a tragic romance story. So it makes me kind of think of uh, along the lines of like uh, Romeo and Juliet, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not going to spoil too much because Tristan Holt's uh, issues one through five this August are going to be released in volume one. That are going to be available on uh, ifcomics.com, which I'm sure we'll have links on the website for and yeah. tweet when that uh, comes to fruition. But uh, yeah, so he, he sent me a copy, and uh, the story uh, opens with uh, it's pretty much two crime families. Uh, the Holtz and the Cornwalls are pretty much constantly at war over like street territory and stuff. As far as I could see, an unnamed city. But the story opens with a building, a big building, just exploding, and these uh, two, I guess, cronies inside that uh, belong to Cornwall's organization were inside and got killed, and nobody knows who blew up the building. As far as everyone can tell, being it was the Cornwalls that were victimized, it had to be the Holtz, you know, the Holt family, the crime family that did this. Yeah, the two men died, and the only real clue that's surfacing at the scene is a like a guy's top hat with like a bloody hole straight through it. And no one can really put any, uh, can't match it up to the explosion. Like, you know, how did this hat survive? How is this mm-hmm. the only thing? Because everything was demolished. So the stars, I guess, Izzy Holt uh, being the heir to the Holt estate and Trista Revalin as the advisor to Marcella Cornwall, also uh, nicknamed Queenie, who was pretty much the head of the whole Cornwall organization, that side of the crime family, and sends Trista out to get to the bottom of the who caused the explosion, what's going on. And that's pretty much what you see in the first five issues are the buildup of, uh, I mean, you see a lot more murder. I feel like I'm going to give too much away here. Uh, There's a lot more murdering going on, which is good in my book. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can't go wrong there. But uh, I believe it leads up, and I hope I'm not saying too much, leads up to where uh, first impressions are made between the two main characters. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. But it it reminds me of, do you guys remember in the early 90s, I don't remember who directed it, but there was a Romeo and Juliet reimagining with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And uh, uh, Claire Danes. Claire Danes yep. Yeah, and though it was the same, encompassed the same basic story, you know, it was modernized mm-hmm. instead of swords, they had guns and everything else. Uh, and so I kind of get that same kind of vibe, you know, the retelling of this old story done by Andres Bergen. And what's great about these books, as we've seen in Bullet Gal, mm-hmm. is uh, they're not hand drawn panels, each panel is a photograph that I don't know if he's taken himself, I think he's taken himself. Yeah. And uh, all these photographs are laid out to tell this story. And then they're all done in black and white, have all these uh, cool graphics done over the top mm-hmm. of them. They're works of art, these books are. Yeah, I mean, they are. You, I, you don't really see a lot out there like it. Not that I've, I haven't seen yet, anyway. There may be, I just haven't seen it. But It's like Andy Warhol-ish. Yeah, 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 yeah very much so. But it's uh, by far one of the most uh, unique things I've, I've seen out there. But definitely pretty cool. It's a 126-page trade paperback, again, that's going to be coming out in August, it's a $10 print and $2 for digital. Again, we'll have links up. So, Tristan Holt by Andres Bergen. Cool. You want to go next, Chris? Oh, sure. Um, let's see. I guess I've been on this um, female superhero fix. So, I've um, picked up uh, two things, actually. I picked up a, a recent Starfire, and uh, I picked up Sirens by George Perez. Uh, almost yeah, got that um, not too long ago, Sir- actually. Uh, Sirens by uh, George Perez. Um, of course, I always loved the George Perez art from back in the days when he used to do, uh, you know, Avengers, uh, Teen Titans, all that stuff. Uh, he still brings it in this issue. I think um, it looks like it's not so fine-tuned like how it used, you know, no- normally see it. I-, I don't know if they just drop pencils and they scan it. But the storyline itself, um, I-, I just like the idea when you get a whole bunch of heroes together and this one has just a lineup of all women. I think Marvel's done it with their A-Force. Is that what that's called? Um, The storyline, I think, is not quite probably tight. It just seems a little confusing to me. Um, 
and going to the Starfire from DC. Uh, I've always loved the character since the beginning, but they've kind of modernized her. It's kind of, ooh, I hate to say it, Kim Kardashian y kind <laughs> oh, of a feel. With the new Starfire? Without the action. Yeah, yeah, without, yeah, that's kind of where they were going. I, I didn't see, there was not one panel of a villain throughout the whole thing, not to give too much away, but it, there's nothing to give away, really. <laughs> it just seemed like a, like a, yeah, like a reality show or something. It didn't, really I didn't really feel it they kind of reinvented her her origin story a little bit in the very beginning and uh, I liked her original back in the day one it was more intense this one was like uh. so I mean yeah and then with DC's I guess their format uh, their advertisements are kind of spilling over onto the panel pages I was kind of disappointed. I, I was made aware of it, but I actually got to see that in action. I wasn't too happy with that. It's like you kind of feel cheated already, you know. Right. So uh, it's funny what you said there, like how the the evolution of that character uh, kind of disappointed you. That happened to me fairly recently. In the Amazing Spider-Man, they introduced the character Silk about mm. the same time mm. they did uh, uh, Spider Gwen. Yeah, and uh, I loved that character when she first appeared in The Amazing Spider-Man, how she just her outfit was her webbing, she'd just web herself up, it looked awesome, it was very, right. very uh, sexy looking, if you will, yeah. as, as, as a cartoon character can look but, um, uh, then, you know when they announced that she was going to get her own series I was even more excited well I got the first issue and I don't want to say it was bad, because it was definitely it was a good book, but it wasn't the same silk. It was different art, um, a little bit r- more rough around the edges, but it carried a very light-hearted uh, feel to it. And I thought this isn't the same silk I was reading in the Amazing Spider-Man, so I, I kind of can relate to you there. They changed it up, huh? I, yeah, I I don't know why they kind of have to stick to the formula that they created. But silk did seem like a really interesting character. I didn't see what happened to her after, but. Um, obviously, Spider Gwen took off in popularity. Still, kind of just you don't hear too much about. And I, I think it would have been. Uh, I think she could have been just as popular had it been done right. But I was she just very took turned off, off and went back to the bunker for a little while. Well, they they made her get the outfit instead <laughs> yeah. of just sticking with the the intriguing part of it. The the web that was awesome, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. And then, the, well, the Spider. I mean, speaking of the Spider-Man, what do you what do you think about the new uh, Spider-Woman outfits? The more leather type of, of look rather than the spandex. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen it. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. No. I'm behind okay. in my reading. Yeah. I, I'm just getting ready to start uh, Spider Island uh, number one and the Renew Your Vows. Is about okay. where I'm okay. at with Spider-Man. There you go. I haven't even read Secret Wars yet. Okay. I'm still yeah, creeping. I'm trying to, I'm waiting for that too. Actually, I don't. I don't want to wait in portions. I'll take the whole thing one time. I just did. You know. There you go. All right. Cool. And was there anything else on that, Chris? Uh, no, those were the the two things. I, I you know, I'm uh, was a little disappointed with this. I, I know they can do more uh, as far as George Burns Sirens. I think it probably will pick up. A little confusing. Maybe they'll tie it in all together. Starfire. I don't have any really hopes for in the issues if this is how the, the way the route that they're going. Um, I loved it back in the day where they had her. I mean, she was like the, just a, like a warrior and to be reckoned with. And uh, just, I mean, even though she was soft and gentle, when it was time to, you know, kick butt, she was there and right. she brought it, you know, because she, um, you know, during her time, I guess she was experimented on. I don't know if you guys know her origin story too much. And she was like tortured a lot. So she's got a lot of anger underneath that. So it's that was fun. Oh. It was hmm. fun. It was fun reading. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of yeah. neat. Yeah. What was the name of that again? Uh, that was the older stuff of Starfire, like Starfire. back in the day when, yeah, Starfire when um, when she was in the New Teen Titans, they had different origin stories about each character, and her origin story was just really good. Yeah, very cool. All right, then there was Jack. I've got from Forward Comics. Uh, Jerome Walford sent the newest uh, volume two, book three of Nowhere Man, Ooh, the jacked up series. Yeah. Well, it starts off with. Jeez. Nowhere Man, You Don't Know Jack, and then it, that's Volume 1. Volume 2 is called Jacked Up. But yeah, this is a 60-page 60 60 page book mm. that's all thrown together in this volume. And man, it it started out kind of slow, but towards the end, I had to slow myself down reading because the action started getting crazy. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, it goes a little bit more deeper into Zade, the, the future guy right. that was running around on the discs. 
goes a little bit more into his history. There's a flashback um, of stuff going on with him. Uh, Rose, Jack's girlfriend slash partner. She's kind of laying low after Jack went into that coma. Yes. And she found the tech, that piece of tech that was the last panel of the one That's book. what I was going to ask you. And then, like, the last thing you remember is, like, it was going into her, like, hand or something, yeah, right? Yeah, she's kind of hanging out, trying to figure it out a little bit, what it is and how it works. So she possesses it now, or they both? She's got one now, too, they yeah. Both? Yep. Oh. Yeah, she ended up finding that one at the end uh, when Jack went into a, a coma. Jack woke up from his coma, busted out of a wall, and he kind of disappeared, too. But now he's running around fighting crime. And he's gained the name Nowhere Man because ah. he seems to just, he'll walk th- out of a wall, through a wall, beat up the bad guys, zip right back through the wall. And they don't know where he came from, so he came from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. But in this book, there's some bad guys. They've got a, a briefcase with this unknown tech, and Jack's trying to go get it. And uh, there's a scientist that ends up throwing it on this the the head of like I don't know if it's like a cartel or like this gang, and he starts morphing into this huge bio warrior. So Jack's trying to to fight him, and it's a man. The, the battle was crazy. Oh, I bet that's Just, a good book. Yeah. That's a good series right there. And uh, of course, at the end, there's the the tech specs on the the bio warrior that that that, that comes into the end of the book, and it leaves up on a big hang, cliffhanger again. Oh. Yeah, so freaking good. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he has got a good book there, and that's yeah. I was just gonna say that's one of the things I love. I've said it before. I'll say it again. When he puts the schematics, it shows you how things are working instead of just uh, believe it. You know. Yeah, I, I really love that book, and I'm jealous that you got to read it. But the whole running through the wall thing makes me laugh because I started thinking of the Kool Aid Man just coming in and kicking everyone's ass. And oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh no! Oh no! Oh yeah! They wouldn't be calling him nowhere, man. Though there's yeah. <laughs> there's no subtlety to him. God, could you imagine that news? You know, the Kool Aid Man busted in there and was like, "Oh yeah!" and he's bashing people's heads in the wall. <laughs> then he runs out the other side. Oh man. All right. right, that's Nowhere Man, Jacked Up, Volume Two, Book Three. Is that out already? Uh, yes, yeah, it's on his website right now. Very cool. All right, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good stuff here. All right, so with that, let's just move right into real world heroes. Jack, who have we got this week? This week we have a real life superhero from Italy. Ooh, okay. We had. Let me think. Last time was Captain Australia. Yeah. Was that the last? Th- no, that was the episode before last. Well, we had week. Brimstone last last week, so we, he, oh, we he did the on. San Diego Comic Con yeah. recap. Okay, uh, Entomo is his name. He also goes by the Insect Man. Oh, this is going to be Ooh. good. His logo is that's uh, well, like the Greek letter E, like an epsilon. Okay, but uh, that logo he, he says means broken time. Oh, I could see it. Yeah, it's, it's like, like an, an hourglass. hourglass <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's the first recorded Italian real-life superhero. His aim is to help the environment, stop vandalism, and protect the people of Naples. What's he do? I mean, does he have, uh, like, any said uh, abilities or... Antomo claims to have paranormal faculties, among these abilities known as the parallelogram, which allows him to help him in elaborating a specific psychological-slash-physical profile only based on a tiny, most insignificant detail. It's like psych... <laughs> Love that show. Heck wow. yeah, they, they shouldn't. Have, they shouldn't have ended that show. Uh, yeah. So has he like uh, thwarted any uh, acts of crime, or I mean, what? I couldn't find anything, and I was looking all over the place. But he's well known in in Naples, Italy. When he wanders the street in an outfit, I take it. Yeah. Does, do we have a picture of this fellow? Uh, we, I don't have it with me, but there there are there will be a picture of him. Oh, I'm going to look this one up. He is part of a real-life superhero Italian group that he created. His actions have been the inspiration for others to get involved and to help in the cities they live in. Boy, you really tapped into a goldmine of heroes here <laughs> in the last few weeks. I tell you what. So, in, in Tomo, or the Insect Man, right? Yeah. Is this, does he... Like have big bulging eyes or something or no? It's pretty much. I think it was a green spandex, kind of like a, kind of like he has antennas on his on his head, but it's not really. It's like just sewn in black mm. cloth that gives him kind of a bug look. There's a there was some pictures I found that were blurred out to to help his keep his identity safe. Oh really? So I guess you couldn't really see his just his chin and realize who he was. Did he like pose like Bigfoot or something? 
He was all hunched down and like it looked like, like kind stand of stand over there with the camera. I'll make it look like I'm running away. <laughs> <laughs> and in Tomo's words, this is why he chose to do what he does. Ready? I'm ready as I'm going to be. To be a real-life superhero is truly the greatest deed a man can accomplish in a backwards world like this, where fiction is truer to reality than reality itself. On the other hand, the chance to fight for such a a stunning planet is too significant to be turned down. Hear my buzz. Fear my bite. I inject justice. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) This is antenna move? Mm Mm-hmm. They move? (laughs) Holy crap. So he's like the green tick. His antennas move. No, it's no, no. Green. No, they're just part of his hood. Oh, shit. I was like, oh, crap. I, I start getting excited. Nah. <clears throat> yeah, that's why he kind of reminded me of the green tick, except he's not built real big. He's kind of just a scrawny looking guy. Hmm. But he fights vandalism and helps the, the environment. And for that, Entomo, you have found a spot on a wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. So keep up the good, the uh, good deeds there, Insect Man. I hope to read of your uh, of your tales. I, I did come I across to say here. <laughs> I did come. I did come across an article that the guy was kind of explaining to him. It was like a, a message board or something like that, and he was talking about him. And I guess Entomo replied and was like, "Don't make fun of me. I'm real." Oh shit! Oh really? Yeah. So so we're in jeopardy. Maybe. I'm going to come from Naples and mm. sting you. Well, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> you you can't do something like this and expect people not to snicker. It's the real world we're in. Mm-hmm. And though we are sitting here snickering, I'm sure he's done many, many great things that uh, we haven't. So. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to give it to him in that aspect. So here's to you, Insect Man. Or Entomo. Entomo. All right, anything else? That's him. This has been a very interesting episode. <laughs> All right. Let's turn it over to Christopher Caravello and talk more about Almakua, Guardians of Hawaii. Thanks so much for being with us. You got it too, right? Okay. Hey, I'm on a roll now. <laughs> Thanks for being with us, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys giving me a call. And we really appreciate you uh, sending us a copy yeah. of this, an autographed copy of yeah. that. This is a beautiful book. Well, that's like, a, it's been a lifetime of, of dreaming of wanting to do it. So I'm, you know, just, I'm happy to share. It's definitely a passion of mine. Well, you can tell it comes through in your work. So tell us, how did this get started? Uh, I would say like, um, you know, it started as, you know, as a kid, if you want to go all the way back to Saturday morning cartoons and comics, oh, it's yeah. that love of um, actually, uh, you know, in that kind of fun environment. Unfortunately, uh, my father and my stepmother didn't uh, like me uh, watching cartoons or reading comics. So it was kind of like uh, sneaking it when I could, like contraband. Sure. So uh, under my mattress, you wouldn't find certain things. You'd find just a stack of comics. Uh, <laughs> so I, came pretty, I, I got pretty good about just uh, back in the days when it was, um, you know, you could buy for 60 cents. I'd find quarters and change in the couch and I'd just oh, go yeah, to 7-Eleven yeah. on a spin rack and and uh, get my fixes so uh you know that was the i guess the catalyst for me wanting to you know write uh, stories draw all, all that kind of thing um in high school i guess my interest kind of faded away from that it kind of briefly picked up right after high school and then i came to the realization i couldn't draw like jim lee and so i kind of just let it go uh 20 plus years later I was lying in my bed thinking, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> I got to I have something fun to do. You guys have Scary some when that action. pops into your head. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I have my work. I've actually, you guys probably, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. I've worked 17 years as a police officer over here. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it, that kind of takes over your life, though, if, if you don't have anything else to do. Uh, comics and, you know, cartoons, that's always been a guess that joy that passion for me too so uh when i got to that point of wanting to do something i you know i went back to that feeling where that stuff that i loved and enjoyed and uh, i was lying in bed and i was thinking man i you know i'd love to do it my own and thankfully with uh, technology and uh, things like kickstarter um which i did i made a pitch i says hey you know what do you think about heroes from hawaii and uh with there was definitely a lot of support for that idea and that concept. And so I just, you know, I got a bunch of characters that I've made throughout the years. 
slots them together and I says, okay, this is going to be uh, like a little sandbox playtime for me. So I just went all out and uh, had fun with it. Mr. The Gecko Guy being my favorite. I don't remember his name off hey, him. probably my yeah. favorite too, yeah. His, his Gecko Man, it, it, he actually was the first creation I did. It was a while back that I did make him up, so it's definitely in my head. Um, I've always wanted to do a solo series with him. Um, he's definitely just a fun guy, nice, you know, good to hang around with. And uh, uh, I wanted to make a series with him, but I said, like, you know, if I'm going to do, I honestly thought it was going to be like a one-shot you know, check it off the bucket list kind of a thing with this issue. So ah, let's just throw it all in there and uh, just see what, you know, what pans out and ended up having so much fun with it. And I did get, you know, positive response. A lot of local people, I guess, can identify with a lot of those characters. You do recognize there is, uh, you know, a lot of slang. I'm not too sure, you know, how, how slang is like in Ohio, Ohio, but over here, they call it pigeon English. They call when, it what? I'm uh, sorry. Pigeon English. It's like when you're talking. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah I'm talking regular but if you slip into like if you're talking with local people then you slide into a, a different dialect it's and pigeon is basically uh, some a creation of you know back in the day when you know the islands were still young and uh, people were coming over and they was uh, you know sugarcane was the industry uh, pineapple was a big industry and you had you know people from you know uh, japan china uh, Portugal, Puerto, Puerto Rico, and they're all coming together. They can't talk and communicate, so the pigeon language came into play, and it's kind of like a mismatch of everything slipped together. And and uh, and uh, the characters kind of like are they're a reflection of what actually is Hawaii today, which is basically a bunch. It's a melting pot over here, yeah, with all those different people from the plantation days coming together and having to work together. And I wanted the comic to reflect that. I wanted uh, different ethnicities, and that was important for me. Um, actually, from growing up, too, I mean, in the playground, that's, you know, we it was like a melting pot, too. I, you know, I had a Samoan friend, a Korean friend, a Chinese friend. And so when I wanted to create uh, these heroes the, from uh, the comic book Amakua, I wanted it to be the face of uh, what is, Hawaii is today. And that's just, just you know, I, comics have been doing it kind of recently, too. They're pushing for the diversity. And I mean, and that was kind of my concept for a long time. I just never did it. And I'm glad I just pushed through and did it. Yeah, this was a fun read. A great read. <laughs> I, I loved uh, the Gecko Man's gun. That was probably my favorite thing. That was I've never seen yeah. anything like that. That's pretty. Uh, I got scolded by a, a parent. He says, uh, "Why does your heroes have to carry guns?" Like, did you actually read the comic? It's, <laughs> you need to read it, and then you can and see what the functions are. It's not like he's going around like a Punisher here. He's it's it's a functional weapon that he has, gets around with, or. You know, so it, it, it yeah, Gecko Man was is definitely uh, a favorite of mine, and uh, I needed to, I needed to be in his voice telling this story just because of that that fact. Right, he's kind of the uh, centerpiece to everything. Sure, he brings it all together, and uh, like I said, the local people could definitely uh, you know I got a lot of positive response from it, and and I had to do um, actually more so it was uh, from mothers who wrote to me and I, I kind of was kind of a little bit leery because uh, some of the content maybe wasn't so for little kids mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to make sure I, I touched where everyone would kind of enjoy it and thought it was funny and I didn't try to make it you know too watered down so but um, mothers commented to me and said their kids really could identify with the characters and that's kind of like what I wanted to do have characters that uh, kind of looked and talked like them and that's what is a that was the, probably the most important thing uh, hearing that that's what happened I was, as a result of me making the comic book so wow. only good things now how far do you see this going I mean is this like a 8 to 10 issue run or is this just going to keep on going you know, I, I can keep it going as long as the people are interested. And, and, and um, you know, as an indie creator, you know, you guys would probably be aware of this. It's probably not the most, uh, you know, financials, uh, you know, you're not going to get a whole bunch back. You, you, I guess right, my focus yeah. as, as when I was that 18, nine-year-old kid, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be this artist and writer for DC and Marvel, and I'm going to make millions of dollars. I, you know, I'm, I guess I've definitely that concept is just left behind i'm happy with um making something good that people enjoy and i you know i have that love and passion to make it so um as long as the people want it then as long as uh i you know i can get the support because that's what it takes too yeah um uh, the love for it and the support from you know family friends and fans and uh, i'll keep it rolling i do have a last issue though i mean you know some people don't have like an ending like uh the tv show lost i actually have an ending and 
you know, another <laughs> Hawaii-based show. But I have a, you know, I have like a whole thing that I can uh, get to. It's just a matter of, you know, me having my full-time job and uh, having the time set aside to do it. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you if you ever uh, get a chance to get off your uh, Hawaiian rock over there and like uh, go to any conventions or anything. You know, I would love to. In fact, um, I know this. This is uh, I've been to um, not as uh, as an artist or anything, but I've been to uh, the smaller ones, WonderCon. But I really want to go as you know that comic creator and go to something in California or you know to the north or something because I know there is a lot of people that do um, you know either they've lived in Hawaii or love Hawaii, and I think this would be a great way to showcase Hawaii. I think. Um, TV shows and just the way that Hawaii's kind of understood by people, I guess, that don't live here. I guess mine would be the closest thing to what life would be and how people inter- really, really interact. Yeah, really. Um, hmm. TV show, TV shows like Hawaii Five-0. I think they, you know, they, they got, they don't really diversify their actors. You kind of see one version, and maybe they taste a little bit on, you know, a local person, but. Yeah, my take on I think the local people probably be the closest to what life is like here, and how we talk and the things that we do, or how we react in a situation. If like, uh, and like, I don't want to give too much away, but that big huge threat that came, <laughs> how, oh, yeah. you know, how would we act? How would we act during that that phase? And uh, it, it's true. I mean, uh, that scene where um, I, I don't know, you guys call it flip flops. But we call it slippers, and uh, big, huge uh, Samoan guys using that as the weapon. I mean, that's oh yeah, that's not a likely occurrence over here. We've got roaches and stuff, and the slipper comes out. That's that's the primary weapon of choice over here. So, having those things that people can relate to locally, yeah, that um, I, I got a lot of comments to say, called that was classic. I mean, that's I mean, that's the way it is. <laughs> I just have to say, you know, whatever insects you are swatting with your slippers over there, or sandals, or whatever they may be. I hope it's not the same thing he's swatting in this book here. Uh, if so, I maybe I don't want to go to Hawaii. <laughs> no, greatly. That that again, I'm not going to say what it was, but that little detail sure. that we're talking about was man, that was like the cherry on the cupcake yeah. right there. Like, what's about to happen? Oh, oh my god! Yeah, I kind of were like I was kind of like hesitant at first. I says, you know, how else will people remember this because you know another cases where like heroes get together and you you know they they fight like a mass army and it's like okay that you know this is pretty you know cookie cutter kind of a thing i want to make something different where they're gonna remember <laughs> it's gonna right. be memorable how they get together and what they fight so i mean that's the way i did it and humorous so uh, all the same time, I just kind of went through it, and I said, oh, what the hell, I'll just do it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Great joy and, uh, and awareness for problems that you might have to take medication for. So. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go test myself now. Um, now this is available on manacomics.com and you are the creator and the uh, you're the big cheese at Mana Comics, right? Yeah, yeah, that would be me and the only person here. It's kind of a lonely place, but no, it's um, I do have like a creative, I have a creative team, and what I did was um, I had to look for these people, and uh, uh, what I don't suggest for if anyone's uh, listening and they want to start their own comic is to to uh, go on craigslist and say um i'm looking for an artist and uh if you can show me what you have uh, i got a i got a craigslist uh, message uh, when i did that and they says oh meet me at the this uh public park at uh, midnight and I, i'll show you something Oh, now, I'm not too oh. sure if he meant like his portfolio, but I wasn't about to wander at midnight to go look <laughs> in the uh, public restroom. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of had to steer away from the Craigslist uh, once I couldn't really get anybody <laughs> else uh, legit from there. And I went to the more uh, uh, more sites that artist sites were, you know, other people with the interest that I have. And I, um, I actually was uh, was really fortunate. Uh, my co-artist uh, who works with me. He lives in the town right over. He's he's a spectacular artist. I do have to mention him, uh, Christopher Lowman. Uh, he lives like five minutes away from him, and I uh, found him. And uh, with his help, and uh, let me tell you, having a layout artist that just saves you a year of work. Um, he laid, I you know, script handed off to him. He lays it out. I do the finished pencils and drops the ink, and then I, I pass it on to the colorist. And uh, oddly enough, he's, he's 
from that insect man's uh, my colorist is from uh, Italy so oh, I'm gonna really? actually ask her to look for this ins- uh, this insect man <laughs> you see what's happening now word's gonna travel it's gonna get back to insect man then he's gonna be buzzing and doing stuff outside the window here I don't think he'll be alone she lives in, uh, she lives in Naples so I'm sure I'm sure she knows of this guy I wanna I wanna see if she can get a picture of it with him but right. anyway so you know it goes on to the colorist and to the to letterist so um I do have a team. They're not with me, uh, you know, in an office per se. Uh, my office, or, you know, is my car, um, you know, <laughs> on, the road, on the road. But it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's um, definitely something that I enjoy to do, and I'll, I'll keep doing, like I said, until uh, people say, you know, yeah, we had enough. That's you can, you can stop now. Well, this sounds like this is going to be something that's going to just keep right on going. It's a great, great comic, man. And the artwork was awesome. The story was lighthearted, fun, yet yeah. uh, had a big, you know, overtone. It was awesome. So thank, thank you, you for yeah. letting us read that. And uh, I what, what we'll do you is... Guys do I'm sorry? I'm appreciating you taking the time to uh, read it, and uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. The pleasure was all ours, man. And what we'll do is we'll put a website, excuse me, what we'll do is we'll put a link to your website on our uh, okay. website and help direct people over that way. And uh, blow Twitter up as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, issue two actually comes out in about a month. I'm going to send you guys the copy. Oh, and uh, you enjoy that as well. Um, you guys are moving, but um, if you guys can maybe off air, give me your guys whatever address you guys are at. And- I'll go ahead and send send it to the same place you already did that's my house actually okay your office yeah yeah yes. yep <laughs> <laughs> all right man well th- thanks again for being with us and maybe when the issue two's out we can get you back on and talk about it we'll love to thanks chris what do we got on the website jack show recaps videos trailers photos the candare video game store comic book store movie store the uh candare wall of justice hall of heroes Oh, yeah, a lot of good heroes on there, like yeah. Insect Man and uh, Captain Australia from a few weeks ago. He was pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Can underscore Air. Put a visual with what you're hearing. And uh, also, now on YouTube, we have our channel that's up. Jack has a new PSA up there, G.I. Mm-hmm. Joe PSA with a Candare touch on it. And uh, there should be a new, the new July Turtle Box. Yep. Yeah, the second Turtle Unboxing Box. Unboxing video should be up by now. We're going to record it yeah, after this, but by the right, time yeah. this posts, uh, it'll be out there to the it world. It'll be up so. tomorrow. No. Yeah, it'll be. It, it's up right now. And don't forget, you can also find Chris on Twitter at Mana Comics and uh, get a little insight to what he's doing over there. Yeah. And guys, take a quick look around you. Like uh, Chris was saying, we're moving. This will be the last recording we do in the studio here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, take take a look, take, a, take it in, Jeff. A little teary-eyed. A little teary-eyed about that. <laughs> Not really. We're crammed in a sardine can. Yeah. We're sweating our asses off. So... That's the butt. Yeah. So next time we'll have more room, more air to breathe, and maybe we'll be a bit more uh, relaxed <laughs> or a little tense today. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jeff Holcomb. And I'm Chris Carballo. And we'll see everyone next time. Woo! Made out. Bye. Aloha. Ooh, nice touch. Got that in there just in time. Yeah, you did. it. from outside blowtorch whenever there's a fire in your house be sure to get outside immediately and once outside get on candarepodcast.com well thanks for the tip blowtorch but just one question what about the fire and no one is half the battle gi joe (laughs) no yeah 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 is this paranoia (laughs) <laughs> the what? We have the guest recaps blog, the YouTube. We got the the website's got the blog. We have our outtakes. a word? What do we got on the website, Jack? We got show recaps, the guest blog. <laughs> you guys are laughing at me. No, I'm laughing at the way you brought yourself in. Okay. <laughs> Scratch that. God damn, that blew me away.
What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access. 